Field back to Hachimura. Oh, um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a, took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it, honestly. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up in mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for starting your week with us on this lovely Monday. This is the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. I'm Matt Bazana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Noel, how was your weekend? Hey, uh, actually, this one was a little bit more eventful than past ones that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Me and the fam, we got a full tank of gas and uh, went out to close to the mountains. Little produce stand, homemade ice cream, hanging out with the hillbillies for a day, and came back. It was pretty good uh, as far as on the sports aspect of things. Watched a little Coppa Italia. Uh, we've got Napoli and Juventus in the final now, so uh, that should be fun. And uh, that was pretty much it, but a lot more going on than uh, the normal weekends of just sitting around. I wanted to ask you, with those games, they're automatically moving to the to the finals because it was based off aggregate, right? Yeah, the second games were supposed to be in May. They took the aggregate from the initial game because they both played two games each in the semis, right? And right. Uh, so, yeah, they compiled the game from the past prior to this crap going on and did the second game at the other home and away. So that's how they came up with it. And then they just had to postpone the game when it happened. Uh, now they'll do the final on June 17th, just the one game. That seems pretty tough on the, the teams. I mean, just basically like we're putting exactly what you did four months ago and now we're going to go ahead and start it right up, just jumping right in head first. Oh, no, absolutely. It's got to be. I mean, different team. You're not in complete game shape. I mean, they were in the belly of the beast. They were in the middle, in the heart of the season when they were first playing yeah. each other. And now you're just basically coming off and it's almost like a new season. It's just like what I talked about with the um, with the Wiz. They're, they're going to use these winning percentages based on old games that they played during the season and utilize them towards the new regular season or whatever you call it. It's It's got to be tough. I mean, you're you're already behind the eight ball when you go into the game. I mean, you're down one nothing on an away game. And, you know, Napoli, all they had to do was tie or just get out of it. And Juventus was in the same place. I mean, they skirted by in the second leg. Uh, Ronaldo missed a penalty, but they still skirted by and got through. And teams are different. Potentially, they had injuries or guys that were in it that were at the height of their game. And now they're not. So, but hey, everybody's got to deal with it. Well, I'm glad our American sports are giving these guys the time to kind of work their way into game shape and all that good stuff. So that was interesting, though. Anyway, let me touch on this real quick. have an Instagram page, Beltway underscore sports, underscore bros, underscore podcasts, and on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. And we have a YouTube channel as well. Just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast and it'll pop up right there for you. Easy enough. We also have a Facebook group, so search groups and type in our name and we'd love to have you join. It's growing every single day, Noel. You wouldn't know because you don't have Facebook. Yeah, I just kind of put my finger to the wind and see where it takes me. <laughs> Finally, we have a listener support page on the Anchor website. If you like this podcast or like it going three days a week, 
it's no easy task with full-time jobs and all that fun stuff, but uh, we won't argue with you. If you would like to throw us a couple Benjamins or George Washingtons, either one, we're, we're totally fine or either Lincoln way. Copper but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Anchor isn't really paying the bills here. So the site is anchor.fm backslash Beltway Sports Bros. Again, that's anchor.fm backslash Beltway Sports Bros. We would greatly appreciate the support and greatly appreciate you listening right now. So however you support us, we're totally fine. So Moving on to start the show, over the weekend, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN mentioned the Redskins as a possible destination for Colin Kaepernick. Quote, there's been some healthy buzz that he could potentially get a job. And so, with Seattle coach Pete Carroll floating around that a team called about Kaepernick, I asked league sources who did they think would be that team right now, who's the best fit for him in a couple options. Tennessee Titans, because they love to run that play action, Ryan Tannehill uses his athleticism, they don't have that natural backup right now. So that would be a good fit. Fowler continued on saying, and then the lack of quarterback quality. Places like Washington or Jacksonville. Those are options potentially. And then the Los Angeles Chargers because they have Justin Herbert, the rookie. If they want to give him a true redshirt year, they could roll with Tyrod Taylor, an athletic quarterback with Kaepernick right behind him. End quote. Wanted to touch on this real quick if I could. Regardless of what was reported, they have really no sources on this. This is purely speculation on Fowler's part, but there isn't a chance in hell this is happening with the Redskins. No chance. Rivera, I'm sure, will be asked about it at some point, but he'll probably give him the old PC answer on that one. But really, if, if Cam Newton, Rivera's old quarterback in Carolina, hasn't even been signed, there's no chance Colin Kaepernick's coming. If you don't plan on signing him as a starter from day one, where's the money in bringing him in as your third stringer? I just don't see it. So, and obviously with all the, the media distractions, it'll be a circus um, and it'll cause too much pressure on Haskins. He's already got enough to deal with. And why would you put a young quarterback through that? You know, um, from my perspective, does deserve a chance to play, but definitely not with this team. I mean, the guy did go to the Super Bowl as a starter of the 49ers, but many, many moons ago. So the way this league plays currently, though, with the the zone read, I mean, they were ahead of their time during that RG3 year, obviously a copycat league. And now they're, every team is pretty much doing that to some extent more than others, but and his talents, if he's somewhat in the realm of what he was before during that Super Bowl era, Super Bowl season, I should say, then, you know, might be a good idea. But I, I just don't see that coming through with the Redskins. I don't think there's any chance there. So as I mentioned, not much is expected out of this year at all for the Redskins. And why would you put yourself through that with the media circus with Haskins? You got to see what you have out of Haskins, first and foremost. We'll see how he goes. Hopefully he doesn't get injured. Hopefully he plays all 16 games. You're going to see what you have in him. More than likely, you're going to have a very high pick because the season didn't go the way you wanted it to go. At that point, then you got to start over again and you could have the first, second, or top five pick. You move on and put somebody else in there. Right. I agree with you here. It would make no sense for the Redskins to bring him in. Do I feel that Kaepernick got screwed and deserved an opportunity? Yes, I do. But not with this team and not with the fragile part of the quarterback position with the Redskins and the young core that they have. It just wouldn't make any sense. It, it, it just brings in a wrench into the gears that the Redskins don't need right now. And just going back to the Kaepernick situation, let's take out the kneeling part of it, the personal part of it for a moment. Kaepernick didn't produce on the field. He just did not. After the Super Bowl season 2013, he didn't do shit. You look at it, you yeah. look at his stats. And especially the final season when he was finally benched, they were one in 10. Okay. He had a passer rating of 49.2. Okay. A completion percentage of 59%, which was 26th in the league. What carried that team to the Super Bowl was they had a top two defense in the entire league. That defense gradually declined over the next years, and Kaepernick was expected to do more, and he could not do so. Now, are there shitty quarterbacks in the league that are making money? 
absolutely 100%. Does he deserve a chance? Yes. But let's not forget that this guy wasn't doing a whole hell of a lot at the end there, okay? And now, if we're not having, like you said, having Cam Newton, who was an injured quarterback, people aren't sure. That's one of the reasons why they're not signing him. They can't evaluate him physically. This guy hasn't played in the league since 2017. And part of the reason why he was in the league, like you said, was he was a mobile quarterback that could move around and make things happen with his legs. That's what kept him in the league. Not his accuracy, that's for damn sure, okay? So... You're going into this thing completely blind and bringing him into a situation where it could potentially be a circus. And why is Pete Carroll keep throwing things out people are interested? You sign him, asshole. What the hell are you waiting on? Right. That's what I was going to say. I mean, what are you waiting on? You're like, oh, yeah, teams are interested. What are you, a journalist? Shut the fuck up and sign him if you want him. What is he, his agent? Like, oh, yeah, he's still got legs. He's still got this. He's still got that. Nobody's holding you back from signing him, idiot. So go ahead and sign him if you want him. I mean, it's just stupid. What are you chiming in for? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that team wants them, that team wants them. But nobody, when they're asked if they want them, all of a sudden it's crickets. It's so funny. They'll throw out names all over the place of these teams. Oh, this team's perfect for them. This other team's great. Conducive to his skill set. But what about you? Uh, so, um, (laughs) how about them Cowboys? It's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it is definitely forgotten how much of a decline there was in his play because there's so much information predicated off of the kneeling and, and blaming that why he's out of the league. Truthfully, there weren't people that wanted to sign him because what are you going to do with him? And especially only within the last couple of years, this huge resurgence of zone read. I mean, Ravens specifically, but other teams still use it. But yeah, his accuracy is terrible, was terrible. You can't imagine three years later that it's going to get better. You know, so if he's got to find a perfect spot, a team that can handle the circus that will come with him. And I think initially that's why the teams didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, he was kneeling, but teams want to win. They want to win and they'll figure it out. And if Pat Mahomes was kneeling prior to what's been going on recently and he's playing the way that he does completely lights out throwing 80 yard bombs every other throw I'm pretty sure they would deal with the extra bullshit that came with it but in this case what the hell you don't even know what you're going right. to get and you you can't even see him you can't even meet the guy and you had that little thing that the NFL put together on that random like Thursday or whatever the hell it was and then he switched the locations on the coaches and then half of them were like fuck this we're just going to go back home and that feels like it was 10 years ago at this point right it was such a cop yeah, out by the NFL right. but but he he didn't handle it well right. either i think what five guys were there from teams that actually saw him play and he looked like a nutcase in the process right. because he wanted to record it at this high school or whatever that was a bad look and you know he, it kind of became a joke so is he taking it seriously was he doing it for advertising purposes for social media who the hell knows does he really want to come back we yeah, don't really know absolutely and and you know he doesn't play the type of position that you can take off such an extended period of time and come back in and plug and play i mean it's just not totally, he's not a yeah. defensive end you know that took a few years off and then hey you just go get that quarterback it's not like that right and he wasn't productive in what would be considered his prime i just don't know now, can you bring him in in situational things? If he still has legs, you could bring him in like the Saints have Taysom Hill. You, you could do that. But is it worth the payoff? Is it worth the extracurriculars that are going to come with it? These teams want to make money. They want to put production on the field. And like you said, if it were Pat Mahomes, if this guy was throwing out the building, okay, let's just say for sake of argument, he left the league. One of the top guys was a pro bowler that year, all pro came out and just got totally screwed by the NFL based on this kneeling thing, 
you're goddamn right somebody would be clamoring. He would have been on a team this entire time period. I genuinely believe that. I don't think anybody's that hardcore. Eric Reed was on a team. He got signed when Rivera signed him two years ago. He said, yeah, we're not basing it off of anything outside of his production on the field. He was still one of the best safeties of the time. His issue was is that he was having problems with players, not because of the kneeling part. And so Kaepernick, yes, it's an enigma. Th- this is another situation that I've thought about as we've been discussing this. Let's say you sign him and you bring him in and he plays like dog shit. You've got training camp, which who the hell knows if that's even going to happen. Yeah. You've got preseason games who the hell knows how many they're gonna have when is this guy gonna get the only opportunity to play and showcase his talents if he has any left and if he doesn't and he goes out there and has a few series and looks like crap are you gonna feel pressured not to release him because then there's that stigma why did you release him did you release him i mean he still showed some zip on that fastball just needs to get that rust off well okay when he's 32 when yeah he couldn't have picked the worst offseason to try to make his big comeback and and, you know the thing about it was in his i was thinking that not to just to interrupt you for a second in his defense he's been trying to fight for a comeback this whole time it's just a matter of now there are circumstances that have surfaced that show that he had valid points. No, 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 no. And that's exactly yeah. what I meant. I'm not saying this was the offseason he chose to right. do it. He's been trying. But if he really wanted to play, he could have played for the XFL. They offered him a contract. Right. He wanted $20 million a year to play for right. that league. That would have shut them down prior to COVID. <laughs> yeah. So so it's like it's absurd. If he really wants to play and showcase his ability, he had a platform or, and he didn't right. take there it. There were avenues out there. He could have gone. I understand the principle of it that, hey, look, why do I need to go to these other leagues when I should be in the NFL when you have losers that are making payroll. I get that. But at some point, when you start the year, start to dwindle away and your prime of your career and you're seeing that in front of you and saying, hey, look, what is my stance here? Do I want to play again? I could go to the XFL showcase. You could go there half a season, beast it out. Believe me, your name would have started to surface again. Like, why the fuck isn't somebody signing this guy even more than it already was? Absolutely. How many quarterbacks were signed out of the XFL right. on active rosters right. in the NFL? Um, guys that you never even heard of, you know? So the quarterback out of the Houston Roughnecks, he, he was a friggin' beast. I don't even remember his name, but I never heard of him before that. And he's now on the Panthers. It would have been a great way to showcase his ability. So I, again, I question if he really wants to. Right. He needed, to, he needed to not only keep his name out there as a stance against the NFL, but he needed to keep his name out there that he's still a quality player that can play in the NFL. And everybody was basing Absolutely. it off of what he did in the past. That past was a long time ago. And like I've said before, the stats just aren't there, man. And the production on the field and the winning record was not there. And if he wanted to revitalize that part of it, just to take that part of the equation out of it, and then you can officially say, This is why I am not in the league. You see, I went to the XFL, I crushed it. You see, I went to the Canadian Football League, I killed it. So this is explicitly the reason why they don't have me in the league. Because I have stats here that show another reason why you're not in the league, partner. And other guys that did the same things that you did, maybe you you were the trailblazer, but there were other trailblazers that were standing right next to you that are still getting an NFL paycheck. Totally agree. All right, well, let's uh, move on. Keeping on the same subject as Colin Kaepernick, Doug Williams, our good friend who's still currently on the Redskins on Friday, was interviewed by the Dan Patrick Show. Love that show, by the way. Big fan of Dan. I don't know about you, Noel. Oh, God, I was, I was listening to him before you were born. 
kidding me? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that. All right. Former Redskin QB and current VP of player development went on record explaining why the team decided not to sign Kaepernick in the past. Quote, I think what happened here, we're in a heavily, heavily military area. And I think the guy that sits on Pennsylvania Avenue, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, made such a... Yeah, I think there's a big... Big house somewhere around there. Yeah, I think it's painted white. I'm not sure, but made a big stink of it. The fans in this area. It might have been a tough situation for both the team and Kaepernick. You don't want to bring people into a situation where nobody is going to be happy. I think that's probably what happened. Why he didn't come up during that time. End quote. Noel, what are your thoughts about old Doug's comments? I really like Doug. I've always loved him. And, uh, but he's full of shit on this. I mean, he really is. And for him to utilize that as the reason, I mean, he was a trailblazer for the league. If anybody would fight for a guy like Kaepernick, you would think that it would be a guy like him yeah. and his stance on things from his background from where he came from in Louisiana and fighting through grambling and going forward, you would think that he would have said, Dan, Mr. Snyder, whatever the hell they call him these days. That's definitely Mr. Snyder. It's definitely Mr. Snyder. But I don't know. Doug might have a little bit of pull because Dan, it's one of his heroes. You know, he loves those heroes. Oh, yeah. So I think that there wasn't a lot of fight there in him for him. And one of the things that he said is he ain't a very good quarterback. He just ain't. He said that in the in the interview. He just said, I didn't think he was very good. So just leave it there. Don't start blaming the politics. And I get it. D.C. is a divided place. There is a ton of diversity. They would have figured it out if they had Kaepernick as a backup or something like that, if they really wanted him. Like we've said, and the theme of the Kaepernick situation is the proof is in the pudding of performance. Do the negatives or positives, whatever you want to call them, outweigh the performance on the field? And Doug Williams saw that. But as him using that as a defense for him on a political standpoint, on a personal standpoint, I think that if that's the reason why he didn't sign him, he's better than that. He's been through it all, man, fighting to be who he is in the league. If that was the only reason, he should have fought harder for Kaepernick. But from my standpoint, he just didn't think he was very good. No, absolutely. But I, I also do think this is definitely a Dan Snyder move. I'm going to take the play out of it because a lot of people seem to do that uh, just for shits and giggles for my point here. I think this is definitely a Dan Snyder move, 100%. Look at his record. He donated a million dollars to the Trump campaign. Whichever way you go in that, that's up to you. I'm just stating facts here. There's nothing else to say there on that, but he did. And we know how staunchly against the kneeling that Trump was. And he caused a huge stir for the NFL when that was going on. He cost them money by being so outspoken against kneeling in the NFL. Whatever Snyder's motive was there, it was maybe to get a new stadium. He may have given him that million dollars to get a new stadium, or just simply he supports him. He's been known as a supporter of Republican presidents, so we know that. But the thing about Doug is, though, he's honest to a fault. Every interview that he's in, he's caused so many, so many issues for this team. And it's not like it's squeaking out, we had a mole or whatever in in there and and talked to the wrong reporter, our our good friend J.P. Finley, or that hard-hitting reporter guy. He just does it in the media, just because. And he just says dumb shit all the time. Yeah. This wasn't that bad. He kind of kept it PC. But at the same time, he's caused some problems. And he just needs to stop being interviewed. Just completely. He just needs to stop talking to people. <laughs> I don't know what... Anytime that he brings anything to an interview, it always causes some kind of a stir. An unnecessary distraction. Right. 
So this is um, not a military issue, in my opinion. That's a total cop-out. Doug, like you said, is better than that. He really is. And truth be told, there's many people out there that think kneeling is to desecrate the flag, but it's not. And this has been proven, but I think more and more people are realizing that due to the the recent events. Uh, But there still is a percentage out there that feel that way. Again, he is not a top-level quarterback. He's just not. And it's is the juice worth the squeeze? I don't think so. Right. And but Doug just needs to stop talking to people. And but you're right. If he's towing the company line here, that's not good for Doug. I really think that he is better than that. He needs to put forth being the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl when there was such a stigma against black quarterbacks at that time. Um, you would think that he would kind of put his neck out on the line for Kaepernick. But if he's just not good enough and he feels that he's not good enough, just say that. Say that. Don't worry. Don't worry about the political bullshit. Right. We'd have nothing to talk about. It's not going to add to your defense of it. You, Him not saying, to be honest with you, Doug has enough street cred at this point to say he's been through the fire when it comes to these type of things being racially labeled as a black quarterback, that he has enough street cred to say, bottom line, wasn't about anything but the fact that I didn't think he was good enough. Okay? That's it. And that's it. And that was all you needed to say about it. Because especially in the climate that we're in now, that's all he really would have needed to say. There didn't need to be this divide. And you're right. I mean, I think this came from the top. It came from Snyder and Allen. And we're not putting our foot in that water. And it's not going to happen. And at the end of the day, Doug is an employee. And he did what employees do. Um, And he said, okay, we're not going to go that route. I'm not going to put my neck out for a guy just because he is the same color as my skin when I don't think that he has the production. Um, And that he was a professional in that. Just leave it there, Doug. Yeah, and, and he always tends to expound on things that he doesn't need to expound exactly. on. Thanks to Doug, we got Adrian Peterson out of it. Nobody wanted to touch that guy. And the story goes that he didn't even tell Bruce Allen or Dan Snyder that he was bringing him in for a workout. Good for him. So he, yeah, he's done things on his own and um, that one worked out. So good for Doug. All right, but speaking of Doug Williams, according to Deadline, a biopic of the former Redskins QB is in the works. That's pretty cool. It's Will Packer Productions is producing the film, and it will tell the story of Williams, who is the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, as we mentioned. And the film will also show how Williams shattered the myth that African-American quarterbacks don't have the skill set to win a championship. I'll speak on this real quick, if I could, Noel. This is really exciting to me. Hopefully, hopefully they do as good of a job as the replacements did on the... <laughs> yeah, God help us. With, with Keanu Reeves. Please. Uh, job, yeah, you know? yeah, no, I, I really hope they make sure that it's filmed in Baltimore's Inner Harbor because it, it makes so much sense <laughs> of how the replacements did that. Make sure there's purple seats yep. in the stadium. And I think it'll be a good fit. I think it'll make sense. And, you know, it'll it'll really drive home the point that they're being as authentic as possible with that. No, but seriously, Doug Williams story should be told, especially in today's climate. I think it's perfect timing for it. To this day, there's only been three non-white Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, with 54 Super Bowls, that's that's crazy to think about. You know, it doesn't really add to my point of this, but I think it's a, it's a story that needs to be told. It definitely is. And it should have been told a long time ago. It's amazing that he won this back in 87 and it took this long, what, in, in the, the mid to late 2000s to uh, for that to happen again. I mean, there's been other black quarterbacks in Super Bowls, but he was ahead of his time, obviously. And he didn't have a long career with the Redskins. People forget about that. They right. just know that he won a Super Bowl, but there was a lot of turmoil that season. There was a camp that was, who was the other quarterback, Schrader? Jay Schrader. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, I was only, what, four years old? (laughs) So I'm I'm trying to act like I know what I'm talking about there, but... You know, there's just so many stereotypes when it comes to the black quarterback. And I remember they even said that. It's that famous quote that Sonny and Sam were saying, you know, it was, uh, you know, so many stereotypes against the black quarterback. Hopefully this puts this to rest. I mean, 
it was it was a pretty cool quote at the time and it's just strange that it took so long for it to happen again and it should be told he was a trailblazer you know Doug is been in, in football since then and seems like a really great guy and I'm sure has an amazing backstory of things we don't even know about the story's great regardless of that part of it where he came from how he got there he was a pick with the with the bucks produced with them came out of grandma was fourth in the heisman voting there was just so many things after the fact he was after his time with the redskins and then he retired he went back to his roots he was the coach for grambling he you know don't let that humble voice and all that fool you he made a lot of great business decisions over time he didn't need this redskins job to save him for money purposes. He's good. He's very good. He went back to his roots. He kind of did like the Magic Johnson thing. Went to these places and started building businesses and things like that and and really did a lot of good investment moves where mentally as far as a businessman seems to be on it. Don't let that like der hillbilly thing, you know, that old southern, southern draw. That southern draw fool you. Uh, he was successful in most of the things that he did. And yes, like you said, he's Honest to a fault. Oh, well, you just laugh it off because I'm just a big fan. I think they should have done this a long time ago. I hope that they do it right. And I hope that they pick actors and do it in a serious way where because this is a Cinderella story to a certain extent. A lot of these, they wait until the people die. Sometimes, to be honest with you, though, like I kind of like that where it's kind of weird when they're still alive, like they made Rocket Man and Elton John still alive. The Queen movie was a little bit more effective because the guy was long dead, and then they made a movie about it. Rocket Man, the guy's still living, and he's like going to the premiere of it. But with this, I think with the climate, you're absolutely right. The timing couldn't have been better. I think that it's time for it. I think that this will show that this stigma should be put to rest. It isn't put to rest. I mean, the Warren Moons of the world, I think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game. And the mo- one of the most underrated. And is it because he hasn't won a Super Bowl? You look at his stats, everyone. Go and look at Warren Moon's stats. And you'll see that he is up there with some of the best. And I'm not really sure why he's not spoken about more than he is. I think that this Doug story is going to be fun. And I hope they get it right. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think like Rudy, for instance, we're not going to go into the whole movie thing again, but uh, Rudy Rudiger was still alive. And he was a part of writing that movie. Right. Right. So it's not a lot of hearsay. It's coming directly from him. For better or worse, I mean, it it is his perspective. So if you're going to do a biopic on somebody, I think the best case scenario is to actually have somebody alive. Trust me. I know that it it's, could be skewed a little bit. As but long I as think it's that not like gonna... the last dance, I'm good. Okay. Where <laughs> right. gets, like, keep it real, but not real, real. Yeah. You know? right. And um, this doesn't need to be a movie that I'm okay with them not getting down and dirty with it. I don't need to know Doug Williams, all Doug Williams, dirty laundry. I don't. That's not the goal here. The goal here is I'm a big fan. I want to see a good movie. I want to see it real. But I don't need to see his little indiscretions if he cheated on his wife or something like that. I don't care about all that. I don't need that. I want to see the journey of a man that comes from deep south Louisiana, fights his way through, gets himself to a point in a chaotic year of 1987 with Jay Schrader going back and forth in the lineup, out of the lineup, in the lineup, out of the lineup. In the playoffs, he gets injured. So they have to bring Jay back in. Then he says, hell no, limping back on the field. I'm finally told I'm the starter. I'm going to be in there. And gets his right. way back in during the Super Bowl. It gets injured. Just what an amazing story it really is. Even if you're not a Redskins fan, I'm just 
a huge fan of how that season went down. The players that he played with, it, it was just a fun bunch of guys, and they wanted to play for him, and it was obvious. Jay Schrader was a villain to a lot of them. You could see, if you look at back at some of the footage, just the not wanting to play with that guy, and then when Doug would come out, everybody was just revitalized again. And um, it was a short period of time. I wish it went on longer, but long or short, it was a great story. Hey, you know, they could have even made a movie about that one season. Damn right. Oh, hold on. Oh, they they did. Yeah. Actually. It was, I mean, uh, it just and, and that too. I mean, gosh, what a, dis- what a why? And it, you remember how excited we were when we excited. found out they were doing a movie and then it, that piece of shit comes out. Keanu Reeves uh. is a boat cleaner or whatever. I'm like, what are we doing here, man? What I, a I just, disaster. What, what a shame. What an opportunity lost and that you want to talk about a great story that could have been made and I can tell you one thing and the reason why it wasn't made right is because it was the Redskins. If that was the Cowboys in reverse where the Redskins had professional athletes that were in that final game they would have fought tooth and nail for that movie or even if it was the eagles or somebody like that they would have fought tooth and nail for it it was because it was the redskins what a great story what an opportunity lost really really was i mean there's there's still a chance hopefully maybe yeah a reboot didn't they do a documentary on nfl network about that season yes what america's game or whatever they sure did that was a really good thing and that shows you the the characters that were involved during that time period it was so fun it was such a great opportunity to see that happen and and the little nuances of it and i hope with this doug williams movie they find a good cast a good guy to play him and take it seriously and really show everybody not whether you're white black or whatever that it's just a cinderella story of a guy that fought through trials and tribulations everybody loves those yeah inspirational story you can't go wrong with that hopefully uh maybe wesley snipes will play him and and woody harrelson will be snuck in there somehow you know always seems to work and and then it'll be on our top five movies yeah that would be awesome well uh Because Woody Harrelson has to be... Yeah, he'll be Jay Schrader. Yeah, oh, perfect. I like <laughs> Wesley that, actually. Sni- Wesley Snipes will be John Williams <laughs> and yeah, Woody Harrelson as Jay Schrader. That would be fucking great, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that'll do it for this episode. As always, we are on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is a huge help. And this we're, again, seeing every single day our audience grow. So we really, really appreciate that. And by sharing with your friends on social media, that's a easy way to do it. Just hit the share button. You don't even have to write anything. Just just share it. See what they have to say. I know you got, you got a lot of Redskins fans that are friends. That'll be very helpful to us. Also, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the Facebook group. Oh, also, I wanted to mention on our next show, we will have a special guest, Matt Moderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast. He co-hosts with former Wiz, Larry Hughes. Hughes. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, now. man. That's, exci- that's exciting so, stuff. It really is. They have an awesome podcast. It started I don't right before Corona hit. So they, they don't have a lot to talk about right now, but they, they really dig deep. X's, Join the club. Yeah, right? Uh, they, they really dig deep X's and O's wise. Larry Hughes is... A friggin' genius with that stuff, and and so is Matt. But and Matt's also a writer for Bullets Forever, so I know most of you know that website. And so uh, we look forward to that. We're gonna have him on Wednesday, and we'll have a conversation with him about the Wiz. So, but thank you for listening, and we will see you Wednesday. <laughs>